this is Book Horde. I'm Megan. And I'm Denise. And today we are going to talk about the amazing Legend Board. By Tracy Dion. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was in a major book slump for a while, and I think this one definitely helped get me start clawing my way out of that slump. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I I have been burning through books like I know like you have. <laughs> so this was just another one on the list for me. But I thought I was going to struggle with it just because it is 500 pages, mm-hmm. which I found my sweet spot for books to be like 300 to like 400. Yeah. But I, I burned this one, burned through this one too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a testament to how good it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's um a very interesting concept. Uh we've I've seen like um I've seen like redos of the Arthurian legend before. Um the one that like comes to mind for me is uh Avalon High by Meg Cabot, which I literally read over and over and over again in high school. <laughs> really? I Yes. Surprisingly, I was never big into the Arthurian legends, even as an English major myself. I think at most, I watched the BBC show over and over and over. I don't know if you've seen it. No? What? Um, mm, mm, what is it called? It's literally called Merlin. Yes, yes! Okay. Yeah? I didn't know okay. what you were talking about. Yes, okay. Merlin. I was like, I was like, did she not watch it? I I pictured <sighs> Nick the entire time as Bradley James from the show. I just in my yeah, mind I, I, I said he looks like him. Yeah, I was yeah, like, Yeah, oh, I like could him. see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. He <laughs> I had such a crush on Bradley James while watching Same. that show. I was like Same. Hey boy. Hey. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, but I don't and I also had still. a huge crush on um oh what was her name? Katie oh, Graff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Morgana. I was like oh. a good girl. She was bad. gorgeous. <laughs> oh yeah. What if it was we... hot too, but like Katie McGrath just did something to me. I think that's I think McGrath's her last name. I might just be lying. Yeah. It's but, McGrath. She they totally yeah. had her have like a bad bitch vibe the entire show. Yeah. And oh, yeah. her wardrobe was always amazing. On and her point. Yeah. She was killing it. I I thought Guinevere was cute. I thought she was super cute. Oh, yeah, she, she just had a cute. she had a different vibe going, yeah. to be honest. She I always thought they could have done more with her. I don't know why. I just thought they could have done more with her. I was like it almost felt like they were like Look, we're different. Guinevere's black. Uh, and then that's just, the, and that was like all. <laughs> the token, like diversity coin, and then yeah. just move on. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like, give her something to do here, please. Yeah. Damn. So. But, but I totally just casted everyone from that show in this book. <laughs> just <laughs> recast them. I could see it. I can see it. Um, yeah. Oh, also, to we have to say it at the beginning of the show, but we do have spoilers in this episode. Spoilers. For listening, yes. we should announce that too before we de- delve into the book. Yes, we do bring up spoilers. So if you haven't read it and you want to, go away. Uh, if <laughs> Maybe you haven't wait read until it you finish. and you want to and you're cool with spoilers, or if you haven't read it and you're not going to, which what what's wrong with you? But either way, uh, stay. Talk to us but not because this is a podcast and we just talk but you know hang out i guess (laughs) you're they're still part of the conversation yeah if we can't hear them i i'm listening our our two listeners hi (laughs) hello (laughs) hi megan's mom yeah so my mom doesn't even listen okay (laughs) oh she gave up oh no megan's mom where'd you go megan's mom is a selfish butthead (laughs) (laughs) she's watching her show (laughs) it's just not my type of podcast (laughs) she's so uncultured (laughs) so she's still subscribed she doesn't 
doesn't really uh. listen. She only listens to her uh, true crime. And then she listens to, like, this weird, almost, like, robot voice on YouTube that literally just, like, reads... What? That reads Reddit stories. Oh. Yeah. I, I like those. I'm not gonna lie. But I just read the Reddit stories. I don't no, she listen listens to someone to it. else. Like, as she falls asleep, she listens to it. Like... Oh, is is it a sleeping podcast? Like, type? Where it's supposed no. to lull you to sleep, or is no. it just random stories? And it's she's just like, random stories, and she's falling oh, asleep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't find that part weird. I fall asleep to uh, true crime podcasts all the time. Like, oh my god, I cannot do that. I would have nightmares. I don't know what. Do you have me. nightmares? You just, I don't. You just accept that. No? I only I only have nightmares when like I've seen like when I've seen like a scary movie or something. I've, I've, really? Like read something like super scary. True crime doesn't do that to me. I don't know why. Oh, lucky. But I'm not the only what? one. Okay. Plenty of oh, people well, do this. <laughs> well, then you guys are lucky bastards. I literally had to have a conversation with my therapist. Well, she had a conversation with me where she was like, <laughs> you need to stop consuming so much true crime because it is affecting you. And I'm like, is it? Is it, though? And then just the slow realization that, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> is it? Am I the drama? Maybe yeah, I'm the drama. I don't think i'm the drama <laughs> she's like denise you're directly feeding your anxiety and i'm like but i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah well it's kind of like how they talked about at that festival um and they were talking about the thrillers and stuff like that to me true crime like helps with the anxiety because like like if i know what's going to happen then i'm fine like it's so weird like if i know that this mm-hmm. can happen to me like there's no mystery then like Mm-hmm. You know, there's no me going outside at night being like, I wonder what could happen to me. I immediately am like, this is stupid. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how I thought. And I'm not criticizing you. I mean, your your life is different than mine. But My for life me- is the only life. <laughs> but when she diagnosed me with ocd she Mm. like pointed out the correlation of how my fears will center around what i consume Mm. so if i'm watching a lot of vampires and demons then it will center around that but if i'm watching true crime then it's serial killers and burglars and all that stuff Mm. so so for me for me i had to stop i don't really if i dream i don't remember them um I dream, okay, the dreams that give me the most anxiety that I remember and that I have nightmares about are are literally about me being in my classroom and my classroom, like, either being out of control and me being not, like, able to stop it, me doing, like, a bad lesson. Like, all my nightmares generally stem around my job, and I don't know what that says now. I've never thought about this. That you're realistic and you're just like, <laughs> the probability of this happening is so much more likely than me being murdered. So let's think about this. <laughs> I know with my classroom management, I might be, it might be more likely that uh, I'll be murdered than my classroom be out of control. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn. <laughs> but you are. You are. I am tooting it. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> yeah. All right. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right. So legend born um, <laughs> anyways <laughs> uh is this tracy dion is this her first book yes it is right yes. yeah this is her damn. debut book which god damn she hit a yeah. home run on the first hit i'm su- i think one of the reasons i'm surprised is because of the length usually especially with first books they give you a cutoff like it's like what something like in the 300 pages usually mm-hmm yeah, and no, she went straight for what five hundred mm-hmm. and something pages, like yeah. a little over five hundred pages. Mm-hmm. I think that shows just how confident her publishers were in the book. Uh-uh. Which, like, good on them. I've seen this book um, a lot on book Twitter, Instagram, book talk. Um, there's lots of reviews for it on Goodreads. Um, yeah, this was this was a 
uh, top hitter mm-hmm. from the beginning. <clears throat> yeah, so um, I think they had confidence in her, and I think that confidence was obviously well-placed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so do you want to do summary, or do you want to do um, thoughts first? Let's do let's do the summary. Okay. You should do the summary because no. I typed it. Fine, I'll do the <laughs> Wait, summary. Wait, who, who did it last time? It was the Tucson Book Festival. No, the one before that. The one before that? I want to say... I feel like it was me, but I don't remember. Fine, it was fine. me. Fine, I'll do it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, the book is about... Um, Brianna Matthews, uh, called Brie and B, right? Like Brie and B were her nicknames, or is it just Brie? B. Oh yeah, I I saw Brie mainly. Yeah, maybe someone called her the letter B, but okay. Maybe I'm thinking of the Brianna in my life. Either way, <laughs> uh, Brie, and uh, she and her best friend Alice um, are sixteen, and they. Go to the University of North Carolina for what is a program that um, high schoolers can get into. And it's basically like they get their high school credit, but can also get them started on some college credit and get um, them started for university. Um, it's supposed like to be like a dual enrollment program. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be uh, pretty rigorous. Um, and she and Alice are super duper smart. Uh, good on them because I am only smart in English and history. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything else, I don't know. Um, yeah, I definitely would not have had the drive at 16 years old. Just no, saying. No. Fuck that bullshit. <laughs> at 16 years old, I literally like was hanging out on my laptop in my room reading fan fiction. Like, I had no drive. Same. Same. <laughs> Um, so they go to the University of North Carolina, and they go to this, um, kind of party at the quarry, uh, with one of their friends who, well, kind of friend, she went to their high school as well, and she did the program, and, but now I think she's actually at university, her name is Charlotte, uh, and her boyfriend Evan, and... The parties go in, and then a fight happens, and all of a sudden, uh, people are being told to leave. They're told to go before the cops come. Uh, and then Bree notices that uh, there's some shady shit happening, and she stays and watch. And um, she sees like a demon, and these people fighting a demon. Uh, and the people that she sees is a guy named Selwyn and a girl named Victoria. And Selwyn had tried to, like, mesmerize her, like, hypnotize her into leaving the quarry so they could fight. And it, like, worked for, like, half a second. And then she was like, wait, what am I doing? Uh, and so she stays and that's where she sees it. And she's like, WTF. And then as she's leaving, she's picked up by cops, which leads to the dean being like, you got to get your shit under control. You have to have a babysitter, which is basically like an older kid um, at the school who basically is like their mentor. And she is assigned a guy named Nick who, uh, like we mentioned earlier, picture Bradley James from Merlin. He's tall, dreamy, blonde, blue-eyed. And basically, as she gets to know him, they get attacked by a demon, and he fights the demon, and she gets, tries uh, that... Selwyn guy tries to mesmerize her again. It doesn't work. And so she also then remembers that at one point she was hypnotized by someone like Selwyn. And so she wants to figure out what's going on. And she basically tricks Nick into letting her join this group called um, the Legendborn. And, uh, 
just so she can try and see what's going on with her mom's death. And there's some trials that they have to do while she's in there. She and Nick start to fall in love. Uh, she has to see... Um, because of at the beginning with that whole shit show of being picked up by cops and the dean, uh, her dad was notified that things were kind of going a little wonky for her. So she has to go see a therapist who actually uh, knew her mother and and reveals something called Rootcraft, which is like what the Legendborn do, but different. It is done, it is used by the, um, it's used mainly by the uh, black people on the campus and probably around the world, right? I, like, it has to do with that culture. Um, and basically, there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of trying to figure out what's happening. Um, she finds out that her mom's death was actually an accident. It didn't have anything to do with anything. Uh, the reason she had been hypnotized is because um, someone from the group made sure she would, like checked on her because her mom had seen something like a demon when she was there at school. So uh, just like beaded, but um, she pretended that she didn't see it, just like beaded at first. And uh, this is really not going great. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is such a hard book to summarize. Um, I gave you bullet points, Megan. I know, and I'm going. You're trying off to them. get. You're trying to get all the details, and it's I there's am. way too many. There's, there's too, way too many. Many. Okay, basically, she becomes Nick's sidekick, and but then a big fight happens, and OMG. <laughs> <laughs> and OMG, uh, B turns out to be the one they've been waiting for. She is the author, reincarnate. And OMG, it's a black girl. No one can believe it because this is a racist society at its heart. Let's be totally honest. And then um, Nick gets kidnapped by his dad. And um, that's the best I can do. Wow. <laughs> polite clap, polite applause. Thank oh, you. God, that was hard. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> That's why I did bullet points, because I was like, no, there's there's too much. If we try, it's going to be like... <sighs> well, now let's go in depth then, okay? Like, now let's go in depth and, like, really look at those bullet points then, because, oof, there was a lot. Bam. Um, well, let's... Let's start with our review, our, our zero to five star review. What did you okay, think okay. of this book? I gave it, if on Goodreads, I gave it a five. Um, I would say it's like a 4.75 for me. Really? I gave it a five stars, mm -hmm. um, both on Goodreads and off. I think uh, there wasn't anything negative that stood out to me. I just... Like, I'm sure there was issues with it. I just, I was in love. <laughs> <laughs> I still loved it. Um, I had, like, the little bit of issues with um, the, I felt like the timeline was just too short. Uh, mm -hmm. I would have, I would have mm -hmm. liked to have seen it drawn out more. I feel like it, and the reason I say it's too short is because of the relationship between um, B and Nick. Um, it is very, I don't want to say it's insta-love because it wasn't insta-love, but, like, it kind of is because it literally takes, like, two days for it to turn into insta-love. Like, you know, yeah. like, it just happened too, like, their relationship just happened too fast for me. And it happened in a way that, like, I honestly don't have an emotional connection to Nick whatsoever. Yeah, I see that. There wasn't much substance to their relationship. And I remember there was a point in the book where so much had happened. And mm -hmm. then someone says that they're only a week into the school year. Yeah. And I stopped reading. I was like, what What do you mean? <laughs> this all happened yeah. in a week mm -hmm. of her learning about Rootcraft, I think, and mm -hmm. just the secret society and everything. It just seemed unreal. And yeah, I, I felt the same way about Nick. It I 
he was hot, and that felt like <laughs> that was the only he thing see, he had he, to offer, really. Well, and he was a and good that he was guy, too. Her. Yeah, and he was nice and a good guy. Um, but, like, I just didn't feel any connection because we didn't get that much time with him. Not just because of the timeline, but even his time on the page, I felt, wasn't very long or utilized Mm -hmm. all that much besides you know being like i believe in you i want you to become my psychic and yeah you're great you know what i mean like he's very supportive like the topic of their conversations would center around the secret society and finding Mm -hmm. out what happened to our mom Mm -hmm. but not so much personal details Mm -hmm. uh where they could um I don't know, have chemistry shown on the yeah. page? Just yeah. something where it was, like, soul to soul instead of either heavy topics, like what happened to their parents, you know, mm-hmm. their parent-son, parent-daughter relationships, mm-hmm. and, like, the secret society. But there was no in-between, nothing else yeah. that they really offered each other. Yeah, I definitely saw more of a connection between her and Selwyn than I saw between mm-hmm. her and Nick. And, um... I kind of get the vibe that it's going to become like a love triangle type situation, it feels like. Um, and I'm okay Thumbs down. with it to the point of um, I want this to be a poly relationship with all three <laughs> of them. I, I will not hold back. Selwyn told us he had been in love with Nick. I still think he's in love with Nick. I think they're all in love with each other. And, you know, I just, like, I just picture Nick being, like, the, like, goody boy that they have to protect. And he's Mm -hmm. the little marshmallow. And then you have the two grumpy parents who are, like, don't be mean to our boy. And they all love each other. And that's what I want. See, and I'm at the opposite where I felt that all the romance could have just been taken out of this book and oh, they it could have all could just have. been helping each other. And yeah, I think that would have been fun have. too. Because the second Sill walked onto the page and he was brooding and we all looking, knew where it was going. And I was so angry. And then when Nick popped in, I was like, oh, that's cute. But then it, I knew it was going to be a love triangle. And I just want. Why can't they all just be friends? <laughs> like, I'm fine with that, too. But, like, because it was already introduced, <laughs> that's why I'm, yeah. like, that's why I'm, like, it's already introduced. It's already happening. Now just do it this way that I want. <laughs> Camp brooding, angry-looking boys, teenagers, and just men just exist without being they <laughs> the love interest. Just they can, them. but guess what? That's be. not what's happening, Denise. We both know it. <laughs> Sadness. <laughs> you all you have to do is look at the summary for the next book to know it's happening. <laughs> you know I don't read summaries. <laughs> I like a surprise. And like for me, since I didn't read the summary for this book, I thought it was gonna be a book where she jumps in a wormhole or something and gets transported back to Arthurian legend. And I thought that's how it was gonna work out. So imagine my surprise when the the legend is literally in the modern setting. Mm-hmm. I was which, shook. Which to me is kind of cool. I feel like this um, definitely took on like the um, kind of like the Mortal Instruments, um, Cassandra Clare series, like the urban fantasy type thing, which I think is really cool, especially um, what it includes. Um, it's being centered on a black teenage girl. Uh, you know, that's something you just don't see. Um, besides the pacing, however, the one thing that made this like a 4.75 from, like, for me, um, besides the pacing, was I don't know if I'm just old or tired, but I could not follow along. I still do not understand the hierarchy of that group at all. I don't know what's what. Like, I really don't. Like, is... I don't. <laughs> I don't know I... what... I don't know, like, what the top form 
transformer is and what the bottom is. I think it's a page. <laughs> yeah. I think the page is the bottom. Is Squire. it Squire? And then... And then Scion. Scion? But, like, I, the sci- is the Scion, like, always one of the ones that could be possessed by the table? Yeah, they're the ones that I get know. called on. Okay. I, I don't know. Like, I think so, but, like, like I said, I don't know if I was yeah. just tired when reading this, but it was just confusing me. Um, because, like, and they also used, like, the legend born once born what's a once born i still don't get it like is it uh, like the mundanes of okay uh, like immortal instruments the mundanes the typical regular people that don't have anything to do with district society or have any powers okay or even know they exist okay that was just like that was why i felt like it was just a bit confusing i don't know if that was just me it sounds like it was (laughs) (laughs) i i did have to keep reading like i i didn't memorize it the first time but as it kept going on and it Mm -hmm. kept bringing it up Mm -hmm. i it kind of got you know punched into my memory Mm -hmm. i would have liked a like glossary or something not like even a glossary but like i would have liked something that had like in the back it talk like in the back it gives us like the twelve yeah followers but it doesn't tell us like it doesn't give us okay here's what a page is like squire page like yeah. you know what I'm talking about the like, hierarchy I yeah I would have liked something like that but I'm not gonna hold it against her because I mean we have that with a ton of other books too like I yeah. just it was an issue for me um, mm-hmm. and like I said it's. I don't know if it's because I'm old and tired. Like, that easily could have been it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that, no, I felt that. I did feel that a couple times. And so by the fourth time, I told myself to pay attention. Mm-hmm. That way I wouldn't have the same issue. But I was also very awake <laughs> and alive <laughs> while reading it. And um, I I don't mean I was that- tired while reading it. <laughs> I just mean, like, I feel like I myself yeah. as a person and just tired as a person yeah. like I just feel yeah yeah I just I don't think it's a book that you can kind of skim or just mm-hmm. power through because there is a lot to it and yeah. it does kind of well it doesn't play a major role it does play um a significant role in you understanding some situations and some contexts mm-hmm. And so I struggled especially too with the the knights and how not that there was different knights because I know the big ones right but the fact that they also had different weapons and different mm. powers that they yeah. would give and the hierarchy within them. Because mm-hmm. I know Arthur, obviously, and everyone else, but I don't know how they all relate to each other. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's the whole the round table means they're all equal, but it doesn't seem like that power wise, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I don't think they're all equal. Yeah. The Maybe round table are. is a lie. I mean, they can't all be equal because, well, I guess they can. I mean, they can't all be equal because, I mean, like, spoiler, um, <laughs> Lancelot has been able to, like, the Lancelot line has been able to, not trick because they didn't know they were doing it, but, like, trick everyone into thinking they were the Arthur line. You know what I mean? Like, so obviously mm-hmm. they're powerful enough for that. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I don't know. But I definitely get what you're saying, yeah. But, like, we had a glossary for that, at least, Denise. (laughs) Yeah, but I didn't know that until I got to the end. (laughs) You don't flip to the end of your book, like, while you're reading. I do that all the time. If I had the physical book, I think... Hold on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I had the physical book, I would have done it. But because mm-hmm. I was in the ebook, I kind of just yeah. didn't think about it, and I didn't struggle enough to where it really affected, affected me. you. You know, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like the hierarchy would have definitely affected me, and I would have switched to the end. But since it was just their powers, and I mean, most of the time they were using them on the page or referencing mm-hmm. them, where it would be like, oh. 
their super strength stops them from opening the door the normal way, you know? So I kind of <laughs> remembered, oh, yeah, it is the super strength. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, – I can definitely see how that would have been an issue. Yeah. Um, I think something that I've really liked about this book, though, was the um, – you had this expectation that – her mom's death was going to be more than it was and it wasn't i think the fact that it was just an accident mm-hmm. and i mean i guess it kind of was more than that because we find out that like a once it's predetermined like, it's yeah like so once like they're once only one of them can, like, have their powers at a time, like, mother or daughter. So the mother has her powers, but then once the daughter starts getting her powers, the mother dies. So it is predetermined like that. Um, but, I mean, like, it wasn't, like, a revenge thing. It wasn't her being killed by that group for doing something or seeing something, you know, like we, it was kind of like set up to be like that, but then it was just like, she, it was just an accident. Yeah. Um, And I think it also sets up possibly if she explores it in the second book, her coming to terms with her grief and the trauma that she suffered because of her mother's death at such a young age mm -hmm. and what it meant. Um, I think I think that would be an interesting take versus just the revenge um, take on it of her if her mother had been killed or well, yeah. murdered, just mm-hmm. going after the murder. I think that would be a very interesting um, side plot. Well, they, she has to because plot. there was no murder. There was no anything yeah. like that. There was no revenge. It really is mm-hmm. just the fact that it was predetermined. Um and it was always it was always going to happen, but it was by accident. So, mm-hmm. um, like to me, I mean, to me, that just felt really tragic. <laughs> I mean, it just showed like you have no control over mm-hmm. it. You know, like I feel like I think there was like this hope in her that it was um, murder or revenge. Because then it would be like there was a reason she died. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was one of the big things for her was like what, like her needing to find this reason for why her mom died, only to find out like there was no reason. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know, I don't know if it's like maybe I'm projecting too much, but it, it could be also her trying to find a purpose, mm-hmm. something. To do and not just sit there yeah. with oh, the yeah. emotions that she's feeling mm-hmm. instead of, um, you know, having to come to terms with, you know, what she's going through mm-hmm. and um, and how it's affecting her still mm-hmm. versus, you know, chasing down her mother's murder, finding out what happened to her. I think that gives her something else to direct her energy towards. Oh, yeah. Instead of what's happening internally. Yeah, Definitely. Um, and I and I think did you see? I remember seeing that. Um, I believe the author she also was pulling from her real life experience with losing her own mother at a young age. Oh yeah, and and um, uh, especially the what was it she had at the beginning the um, that her therapist pointed out to breathe the persistent complex bereavement disorder. Mm-hmm. And how it was manifesting in Brie and um, how, which I really, I really, I like that scene and how um, her therapist, what was her name, Patricia, mm-hmm. was like, yes, like we can talk about root craft and what that magic system is, but also we need to talk about what's happening with you internally and mm-hmm. um, what you're feeling, which I totally appreciated that, um, that very... Pointing out something to her that can be a, uh, I don't know, like the path to handling her mental health versus Mm -hmm. just going down the revenge 
path, which I know we see in other fantasy books like Iron Widow, and that's very cool. But yeah. also, what's the healthy take on Queen <laughs> or something like this <laughs> instead of just going after a possible murder? What I. <laughs> what i riddle wasn't a healthy take what are you talking about <laughs> i know i know wild no i i definitely agree um this book i mean we talked about the romance but and i know you said like you could have done without the romance uh i to me the romance didn't even matter all that much um mm-hmm and I feel I I feel like it wasn't even the, it definitely wasn't even the main focus. This book is about totally. this book is about grief. This book is about um, grief trauma. of yeah, and not just the trauma of of like that grief that just happened then, right? It's the trauma, mm-hmm. the generational trauma um, that uh, black people and other minorities in America have. Uh, but in this book, especially black people, um, mm-hmm. ha- are suffering uh, to this day. Um, and I really, I don't want to say enjoyed, that sounds awful, but I it was really interesting. Appreciated. And I appreciated that, yeah, but, um, seeing that. And it was done in a very realistic way, you know, it mm-hmm. um, as realistic as me as a white woman could could understand, you know, but um, mm-hmm. it was done in a way that like, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I mean, they're dealing with it on a daily basis, and it's not always just going to be a blatant, you know, someone uh, like a white person coming up to them and calling them a horrible name, right? It's something mm-hmm. as simple as here's a graveyard of the slaves that there's no markers and it used to be a parking lot in the 80s because no one gave a fuck. Yeah. You know, it's things like that that are happening all the time and are done by others almost subconsciously. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Like, you have to, like, to to go up to the minority and call them a slur. That's very blatant racism. But going the- up to, like, or but putting up a statue and saying, okay, this is good enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's still kind of yeah. racism, but, like, not, but it's not, like, blatant, like, in your face, yeah. like, yelling and screaming you know what i mean yeah i think the word you're looking for is microaggressions thank you the little the little interactions you mm-hmm. see on a day-to-day basis that aren't blatantly in your face racism but mm-hmm. still come from yeah. it yeah so maybe and like it, micro racism yeah so her seeing all these little interactions that to others that aren't uh, so nuanced to it we'll just mm-hmm. think it's oh why are you getting angry this is just regular but for her this is something mm-hmm. that she has seen over and over and over mm-hmm. and that people of color will see over and over and you can see mm-hmm. that with her interactions with the round table with um mm-hmm. with the people in the secret society and how they mm-hmm. other her and how this isn't just a one-off basis this is something that she often sees yeah um where she, because of the color of her skin, because of who she comes, of uh, the people she comes from, mm-hmm. she has been seen as other. Yeah. Uh, systematically, her ancestors have been consistently seen as the other people. And uh, yeah, I totally, I also appreciated seeing that in this book. And I think one thing that I thought was really interesting when I was watching, um, interviews with Tracy Dion is she mm-hmm. had one where she was talking about the magic system and she mm-hmm. said oh let me have it. it she did it in an interview with Liselle Sambury I found it on YouTube and she said Tracy Dion said usually power is the stand-in for um 
power dynamics, like the magic system and all that mm-hmm. she was talking about specifically. And I think that's really interesting, especially with the mag- the two the different magic systems that exist yeah. in this book, specifically uh root crafting and the I don't know if the other one has a name, but with the ether and mm-hmm. all that. And how I think it was like blood was it blood crafting? Blood crafting or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and how one is um, what she sees in the secret society and their uh, the ancestors that came before them. Mm-hmm. This pro- predominantly white uh, society using this magic system that mainly only takes, and I think that was interesting, mm-hmm. versus root crafting, which is a um, kind of a balance between the two mm-hmm. of knowing you yeah. have to give and take which i thought was interesting in this mm-hmm. in this um well in this world but also reflective of our own society where yeah you have two different sets of people with one <clears throat> no that, that historically a lot of sense yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense and i mean i didn't even think about that in that terms like the um predominantly white uh predominantly mostly male uh mm-hmm. society um, using the craft in a way that it's, they just took it. It's, like, a permanent thing. Like, um, deal, they just deal with the consequences. And the consequences are fairly, like, blatant. Like, they don't have long lives once they're called. Like, mm-hmm. it takes a lot out of them. But to them, there it's the power, right? That's what's the most important yeah. thing. And then with root craft, um, the way Patricia said, you know, like, um, it's give and take. Like, you can't have one without the other. They just don't have the power. Like, they have to give something of themselves first. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. there was, and there was a lot of working with their ancestors. Where, whereas with the other ones, it was just like, they had nothing to do with their ancestors. They just had it. Um yeah, that's... it was just it was like an inheritance that yeah. got passed on to them, mm-hmm. and I mean, I guess they sort of worked for it, but it was just a moment Did in they? time where it was like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not even. I, I was gonna say because of the trials, obviously they picked the strongest, but it, I, I think you know the fact that the secret society consistently picked from amongst their own members and mm-hmm. their own bloodlines. You're right; it's actually just from being born into the right family is how you pretty much made it because then they would pay for their tutors and everyone else so that Mm -hmm. they would just, you know, keep it, keep all the power amongst themselves really. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think you also made an important point too, where it's not just the fact that Brie is black, that she is other, but also because she is a black woman. And I Mm -hmm. think that really plays a huge um, reason and why they see her. And why they discriminate against her, especially. Mm -hmm. It's not just one aspect of her identity, it's two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she... um, And even the people who, you know, you look at and they're like, oh, they're not racist. Um, It just goes back to that microaggression or micro-misunderstanding or whatever of, like, them touching her hair, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Them, like, oh, your hair is so pretty, and then they touch it without asking, you know? Um, Which Mm -hmm. is definitely a privilege that they don't even think about, you know what I mean? Like, the privilege of just touching someone without asking for permission, like, it doesn't even cross their mind. Um, Like, they feel like they have a right to yeah. touch her body without mm-hmm. her permission mm-hmm. and that she exists in this public space for them mm-hmm. to ogle and um, interact with when it's like, no, she's a person. That's her hair. You well, know, and just don't... taking into account that they probably touch each other's hair all the time and don't think anything about it. Like, but they probably haven't been touched or, and I don't even mean like in a sexual way or anything like that. But um, in a way that is, like, blatantly, not even, or not blatantly, but uh, that's in an aggressive manner or in a negative manner, you know? She probably mm-hmm. was, you know? Something that, yeah. so, and I don't, and like I said, I'm not talking just about, like, sexual or anything like that. I just mean, like, people thinking that they can just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. 
Yeah, I remember that scene and I was cringing. <laughs> I was cringing too. And it was also because I was like, you know, even I know that you don't touch their hair, like other people's hair, like, but especially like black women, I know like that it's super mm-hmm. important, like that's a super important thing for them. Um, but I just hate the feel of hair in general. I hate even touching my own sometimes. Like, I don't, I, yeah. Did I ever tell you I wanted to become a hairdresser for a while? Like, when I didn't want to go to college, I was like, oh, I'll become a hairdresser. And um, I was, like, a senior in high school. And so I spent the day with my hairdresser to, like, see what I thought and stuff. And at the end of it, I told my mom, I was like, I can't do it. I hate touching hair. I I never even thought about it because I never even, like, touched other people's hair. It just wasn't something I did. But, like... When I had to, I was like, I hate this. (laughs) I don't know why. I just hated it. And it's such an important part of a woman's... What's the word? Identity? I I don't want to... I don't know if identity is a word, but it it fits. Um, (laughs) That you can't just do it. You can't just... If you give a bad haircut or something Mm -hmm. goes wrong, they can't just you know, walk away. It's a very important part of someone's, Yeah. You know. No, it is, yeah. Yeah, and especially knowing what historically mm-hmm. has the, the, the amount of history that, I don't want to say the history that black women's hair has, but, you know, what it, what it means, what it stands for, and how well, we are, yeah. they are still dealing with discrimination based on their hair alone. There are places, there there are schools where they will, like, that, there are still schools that, like, if they have their hair in their braids, they will cut those braids. Like, there are, like, they can't have their hair in their natural curl, like, in the afro, or, like, because they don't find it to be considered professional. Like, same thing with workplaces. Like, um, I was watching this TikTok and this woman's and there was like talking about how um we have to like if white people are going to continue to use like black hairstyles like you know how they put them in dreads or anything like that like the braids um they say that like okay then you have to acknowledge and you have to work for their ability to go to workplace and have that be considered professional. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not Mm -hmm. have that hair discriminated against because it's, like, their hair, like, the hairstyles that have been um, historically more for black people Mm -hmm. are constantly discriminated against in schools and the public um, and in the professional spheres because... Be- because it was predominantly used by black people that no mm-hmm. there's like no other reason why it's ever it's ever been yeah. seen like it's the yeah. only reason it's ever seen as not professional is because it was predominantly used by black people there's no yeah. other reason and like, so like you can't appropriate black culture while also benefiting from the mm-hmm. white privilege that allows you to do it and yep. with no repercussions yeah and i think i think that's what also was important about having scenes like that in the book is that while we might be uncomfortable and we might cringe, this is the reality for a lot of um, black people and especially black women. And to them, there is no skipping the paragraph or moving on mm-hmm. to the next chapter. It's just the reality of everyday life. Well, let's talk about the biggest cringy, most uncomfortable aspect, which is how Brie is the descendant or the descendant of Arthur. Just pow, 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 gun shooting. <laughs> I, how this black girl is the descendant of a white Welsh man. Through rape. Through the rape that was done by white men to their slaves thought that was um i mean dna okay let's think about this dna testing is so huge right now people are doing it all the time black when black people do it they're getting european descendancy in their blood 
how is that happening? Usually, a lot of the times, it's because of the, um, it's because of the rape that was uh, done to their ancestors. You know, so once the um slave trade like the atlantic slave trade was abolished we still had slavery yes you, there was no longer like going to africa and taking black people like and bring and like bring taking africans and bringing them to the u.s that was yes that was over but we still had slaves how do you make that up oh you breed them with each other you know and either that was done forcefully, forcibly, or um, you know, because they were in relation relationships with each other, and so they took those the kids, right? Um, you also had masters who were raping the slaves, and when that child is born, that child is born a slave. They are born with the um, with the Oh, what's it called? Not title or category. I can't think. But basically, they are, if they are born, they are a slave. Like, automatically. Yeah, I think the, the power behind that scene, the fact that she, she, she didn't beat around the bush. She had it in the book. It was, mm-hmm. it was the reality that existed. And is a very common story for a lot of people now, uh, mm-hmm. for black people, their their ancestors. And I think... Thomas Jefferson has black descendants, people. <laughs> and I think that she even included um, that Nick's ancestors and the other people in the secret society, who their ancestors were and what mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. It It wasn't about, you know... Um, what's the word? Uh, what's the word? Yeah, it wasn't about caring about their feelings or you know, you know, gently putting it like, "Hey, let's mm-hmm. talk about that." It was like this is the reality of the situation, mm-hmm. not just in this book, but also for people in real life. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this, and I think that there was a lot of power just just having that. Mm-hmm. No, and it didn't, the scene didn't go, it's not like it went in depth or anything like that. Like, it, it didn't even show it, you know what I mean? But, like, you knew what was happening, like, you knew what was going to happen, you knew what happened, and, um, it's a story that, unfortunately, so many black women of that time lived, um, Mm -hmm. And so I just thought it was really interesting and I I really liked that that happened. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it to come out that she was um author's uh like the Arthur descendant. Arthur descendant, sorry, not author. The Arthur descendant. Um I wasn't expecting it. I mm-hmm. thought she was going to be like a um Morgane like descendancy mm. thing, mm-hmm. you know, like or a Merlin thing. Um but so that was a big twist for me. What about you? Were you expecting it? I wasn't expecting it at all. I think in the beginning I thought she was gonna be like a Morgane type descendant. Mm-hmm. Especially with like the when they brought up the Rootcraft, I thought it was gonna mm-hmm. be like some some sort of chapter that branched off from them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, w- I was surprised she included it, but I, it, like, went away after a minute, and I was like, yeah, like, that, that, yeah. It, I, I, it's, I don't know, it's... Well, you, I, you were surprised it was included, you were surprised that it happened, but when it happened, like, you're like, well, fuck, it makes sense, though. Yeah, that, exactly, mm-hmm. totally. It's like, it was a surprise, that. but it makes sense, like... Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, the reason I brought up Thomas Jefferson, I re- remember, I don't know when it was. It was, like, 90s, 80s or something. But when it came out, like, that, um, there was, like, this family that were, like, fairly direct descendants of Thomas Jefferson. Like, 
everyone was like up in arms about it. And it's like the dude was raping his slaves, but especially uh his slave Sally. Like he had her in the house with him. Like mm-hmm. he like how are you surprised by this? Like mm-hmm. and I think that's a very good connection to make with this because our founding father you expect i feel like we expect better of these men who were our founding fathers just like how you would have expected better from these people who were the authors like arthur descendants you know like Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be better quote unquote better right they're supposed to be honorable they're supposed to be good men but they're not I think it relates to the scene with the Confederate statue in the book and how uh, they are in in the book they are a modern day hero mm-hmm. but the reality mm-hmm. of what he did and what happened in his time is that like they focus on the heroic deeds mm-hmm. but the reality is is for other people they weren't that person yeah. and you know people like uh, Thomas Jefferson you can just focus on the good but you're you're really erasing everything else that they did and mm-hmm. what he rep- what he was to other people mm-hmm. yeah um, you can have these guys who did good things but also acknowledge they did fucked up things too I mean yeah. that's nothing's black and white unfortunately mm-hmm. like there's going to be that gray areas. Uh, George Washington had slaves. He freed his slaves when he died, but... But he still had slaves. He still and had thinking, slaves. Like, thinking <laughs> about... What's... I forget his name, because I don't like to remember his name. <laughs> what's the president on the $20 bill? Is it, is it... Is it... It's not Jefferson. Is it Jefferson? Who's the guy who caused the trail of tears, pretty much? Oh, Jackson. Yes. Andrew Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, thinking of him, like, he is literally on a $20 bill. Yeah. Like, he is seen as this amazing, uh, I don't want to say amazing, but a good president that existed in our time. For the longest time, he has been celebrated. He has been admired. Uh, It hasn't been until recently uh, people have been like, hey, he literally made the genocide of Native Americans way worse than it already was. Exactly. Like, so it- he made it his, like, he made it his, like, the biggest point for him to be like, I'm going to mm-hmm. take that land and that land and that land and move you all away. <laughs> like, that was that- his biggest thing. Yeah, so we want to, you know, we often think of the Confederate statues that exist in the South and other um, people who were idolized despite committing horrible acts. But there are people in all of U.S.'s history, like Jackson, mm-hmm. that are in the exact same light for us, that a yeah. lot of people still see him uh, for the good things that they did. But reality is they were a much more horrible person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So I think I think the um, so I think the descendants, the ancestors of the Round Table, I think reflects the exact same thing. Where you know you're focusing too much on the good, but in reality, I think it was really interesting too. While read like to read this when I like when we did too is because Encanto had just come out and we've seen it and then. I watched Turning Red, too, and both deal with, like, the generational trauma that these certain minority groups deal with. And I'm like, that is literally this book, Legend Born. Like, that is literally this book as well. Like, Encanto, it is the Latin uh, Latinx uh, groups, uh, uh, Hispanic um and then turning red, uh, the, a lot of the Asian um, communities in North America, um, and then the black community have this book, and probably more of the books too. But like, yeah, it was. I think that too, like, really stood out to me too. Was 
because I've just seen so much of the generational trauma of these groups that um, I think that's Mm -hmm. why I've noticed it even more in this book than maybe others might have. Yeah, that's that's true. I kind of felt the same just because I've I've binged Encanto so many times, and as someone that totally, um, like, even just this morning having a conversation with my grandma about like the struggles of my grandfather, like coming into the U.S. Um, as a person with no papers and how, you know, that affects us even now. And then just mm-hmm. you know, seeing a movie like Encanto where it's about a family trying to um, establish um, a life for themselves, but also dealing with that trauma that they brought to the new place. And then having a book like this that also talks about intergenerational trauma and what that means for um another group of minorities Mm -hmm. and descendants and um, people who are descendants of slaves and the trauma that that brings to them too, I think was just seeing the different nuances, but also um, like, I don't uh, like the common thread that exists there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's deep, man. <laughs> it was rough. It was, it's, it was an amazing book. Um, I'm very excited to read the sequel. Um, the sequel it comes, comes out, out in September. September, okay. And I think it's called Blood. Is it called Bloodmark? Bloodmark or Blood Mage? Blood Bloodmarked. Bloodmarked, okay. And it does come out... Oh, it comes out November 8th. Okay. Yeah, so very excited to continue it. Um, I'm interested in where it's going. Like, I know part of it is going to be about her, Brie, and Selwyn rescuing Nick from his father, which BTW, I'm still confused as to why that happened. Uh, It made no sense to me for the dad to do that, but whatever. Um, I guess, and I mean, it's such an old white dude just being like, (laughs) I didn't get my way. I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. Um, I'm very excited to read that. Uh, we will hopefully see Tracy at Y'all West because she is going to be there. She's going to be there. Uh, oh yeah. Hopefully we'll get to see her. Um, uh, hopefully we'll get to listen to her maybe, um, or at least talk to her when we get something signed. Oh yeah, I'd love to see her on a panel. She's very, if, uh, watching her interviews, she's very, um, what's the word, articulate, and she's very, um, like, organized, the way she just describes her her she gives her answers are very in depth mm-hmm. and uh I loved listening to her talk about her book and the different um the different things she put into it and how she worked through them is is very cool so I would totally if if the people listening are into uh, watching interviews with authors she has she has a several on YouTube I know of and they're very they're very cool okay yeah, so very excited for that. Um, and I th- think, oh, we're also, um, we are also doing a reread of the Keeper of the Lost Cities uh, series. And I think we'll do like mini episodes for each book, maybe, or something. Uh, Mm -hmm. just, like, a quick talk for each book when we finish, um, so that will be, like, an added episode that we will do, um, we will try to post more regularly, it's been, uh, all you have to do is, like, literally just, like, look up, like, teaching in 2022, and I am not exaggerating when I say, like, this has been, like, the toughest year for teachers. So um, I have, I'm taking the blame on this. It's been really hard for me to not only read, but to podcast in general. Um, but hopefully we will get better. 
and we'll have more for you guys. Yeah, and I'm I'm just glad for the extra time because I got <laughs> I got other books to read, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, okay, take your time, Megan. Of course, <laughs> yes. Denise is a uh, moderator on the TBR and Beyond uh, Facebook group and does a lot of reading there. <laughs> she uh, is wearing herself pretty thin, in my opinion, but whatever. <laughs> Don't throw shade, man. I only have to read seven books by the end of the month. I'm going uh, down. Uh, it's literally the 21st. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is that you believe in me. Okay. I totally believe in you. <laughs> uh, I'm doing, I'm doing fine, Megan. I'm doing fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed our talk on Legendborn. Um, If you had any thoughts or opinions on this book that uh, we didn't discuss today, which uh, wouldn't surprise me, uh, (laughs) uh, we are um, now accepting emails uh, from readers who maybe just want to get their thoughts or opinions on the books we read. and our email is going to be uh, in the description for the episodes, but it is also what, Denise? <laughs> it's a bookhoardpod at gmail.com. So no spaces. It's, I think, the same name we have on our social media handles. Mm-hmm. So bookhoardpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Yes. Or if you want to shoot, like, a DM in our social media, too, um... We would love that as well. Just let us know your thoughts yeah. and feel. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Did you absolutely All hate two the book? Of you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys not like the book and just want to get your thoughts out there? Like, I'd love to. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to hear. So that is it for us today. Unless, unless it was on this book, in which case your email is going straight to the trash. Goodbye. <laughs> Now that is it for us today. <laughs> oh, also remember to oh rate us five stars. Thumbs oh, yeah. Up. Um, wherever you're listening to us, those numbers like, help subscribe. us. Yeah, like, subscribe, share us with your mama, with whoever your friends are. Annoy them until they subscribed. Maybe um, your mom yeah. will like the podcast more than mine does. I'm sure I'm sure their moms will (laughs) like my mom likes it she just doesn't like it if that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) she supports you in your dreams but not supports you by listening yes exactly you're there your podcast exists good vibes good vibes (laughs) all right bye goodbye everyone